0: Hi, I'm Sydney Anderson and you're listening to Behind the Podcast. Opening music is Heat Haze by Lee Rosevere off of Music for Podcast 2 by Lee Rosevere from Happy Puppy Records. Today we're going behind the podcast with Greg Davies of Heavy Metal Historian. All right, I am here with Greg Davies of Heavy Metal Historian. Hey, what's up? So um can you just quickly tell our audience a little bit about your podcast?
1: Sure. Um the main podcast I'm working on currently is called Heavy Metal Historian, and it's an aspect of the genre that I, I think doesn't get very much attention online. There's a lot of attention paid on new bands and uh, news in, in the uh, community, so to speak, but there's never really been uh, a, a look back, if you will, at the elements across history that have influenced the subgenre, whether it be music or literature or even politics. Uh, and so that's kind of what I do with Heavy Metal Historian. I take an aspect of the genre and uh, look in depth at it, whether it be something that's influenced it or whether it be a particular subgenre of heavy metal itself.
0: Yeah, the uniqueness was definitely part of what drew me to the podcast. And, you know, as a music fan with a limited amount of hours in the day, there's always that kind of conflict between do I keep up on the new stuff or do I brush up on the classics? Because. I am horrible about having listened to the classics <laughs> with me. It's just all the new stuff that I'm listening to. So your yeah. podcast kind of is a great way to get background on the things that I should probably know already. But
1: um, that works both ways as well. I mean, th- there's an element uh, in the podcast where I do look at newer bands, a lot of the unsigned bands uh, mainly posting their stuff at bandcamp.com. So, you know, from one extreme, you know, there's a bit of a history lesson there for metalheads learning about, say, an unknown band from the new wave of British heavy metal that they've never heard of before. Uh, And then on the other side of the spectrum, you've also got these brand new bands that are bringing something new to the table that a lot of people don't really aren't really aware about until they they hear it on the show.
0: So um, just for fun, can you kind of what's your metalhead origin story? (laughs) <laughs> they like a lot of people they have stories about when their aha moment with this genre was.
1: Oh, absolutely! Actually, I can pinpoint it uh, directly to uh, 1987 <laughs> when Kiss released the uh, their album Crazy Nights, and they had the video, the music video Crazy Crazy Nights. Uh, I, I'd just never seen anything like it before. Um, And it just, it was an aha moment. And uh, from there I uh, fell into Iron Maiden and then fell into Motley Crue and then fell into Metallica and eventually Pantera. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. Uh, And and, and the love of the music, uh, for me at least, it it created a lifestyle. It it became a part of my life in many more ways than one.
0: And in case our audience wants to know how you know this little goody two-shoes Pollyanna that's talking right now got into metal, um, nothing really matched my mental landscape when I was 15 better than bands like Within Temptation and Nightwish. And right. then from there, I kind of got more into power metal. And, you know, from there, I kind of, you know, folk metal and doom metal. And it just, like you said, it just kept s- snowballing.
1: Right. And, and, and see, that's interesting as well, because like, I came from the the more brutal era when, you know, uh, death metal was at its height and, and you know, there was a lot of goriness and dark subject matter being looked at under the microscopes within these bands. Uh, and, and a lot of the groups that you're mentioning, they have a lot more positivity uh, wow. compared to the music that I grew up with, which kind of highlights how diverse heavy metal actually is. Mm-hmm. So much so that um, there's an ongoing argument among fans about what metal is. Well, you yeah. metal. you're not listening to it that's that's not metal it's just there's i mean i grew up with metallica and there's kids nowadays that say that metallica isn't metal well i'm here to tell you that they are <laughs> yeah. uh, with what they contributed to the scene at the time uh and you know just to highlight to people that hey this actually did come from some place way back when uh in the late 1960s when uh, black sabbath showed up mm-hmm. and that and that's where it all came from and and uh, snowballed from there really.
0: And you know, now you have bands like, I'm trying to think of, well, I have this CD sitting right up here, Wind Hand, who are kind of taking the Black Sabbath sound in the other direction. But anyway, if I we're gonna be, talk about this all day, but mm. podcast is what we're talking about right now. So sure. how did you get into podcasting?
1: Um, well, interestingly enough, um, it all started for me when I got banned from a website called dig.com. Dig is still around. It's completely different from what it was uh, 10 years ago, um, but it used to be user generated content. It's very much like Reddit uh, for, the, yeah. for the younger folk out there. People would show up to the site and they would submit a link and share it with friends. And the most popular things would be upvoted to the front page. And there were certain algorithms that were um, you know, in place to make sure that certain people weren't gaming the system or whatnot. Uh, I had submitted something to the site um, that was deemed to be uh, a break, uh, breaking of their rules. And so I was banned for that. Um, what I didn't know was that I was simply the first uh, user that was uh, being, uh, being banned in this huge <laughs> deluge of bannings that happened over the, that wow. year. It was a massive uh, undertaking and, and uh, there was almost uh, a, a virtual riot at the website of the community was very upset about it. And uh, so I migrated away from Dig and moved to a website called Mix.com, which was M I X X.com. They're, they're no longer around, but they were kind of doing the same thing that Dig was doing, but the community was a lot more welcoming, a lot more open, uh, a lot more friendly. And so I uh, basically started pouring my energy into this startup company. Um, and uh, me and a few friends thought that it was really, really, really good, and it had great potential. Now, Dig had uh, when it was this is when it was run by Kevin Rose. They had their own little podcast once a week, where it was a video podcast, where they would talk about some of the biggest stories on the front page of Dig. Uh, and we felt that the um, mix needed something like that. And so, unofficially and not connected to mix.com, we decided to start our own fan podcast called Social Blend, uh, which began in like 2007, I want to say. And, uh, you know, it it was in its infancy. I mean, we were quite literally recording with microphones lined up next to speakers and and really poor quality conditions for uh, recording stuff off the web. But we had to start somewhere. And that's kind of where we went. We went with what the community at mix.com was uh, finding interesting and and were upvoting the most and things that we needed to discuss, uh, things that were going on in the news. And that's kind of where I started. It was more like a a news commentary show.
0: Okay. um, So I was going to ask, like, what made you want to do a podcast about metal specifically, but it almost seems like it was kind of just the natural conclusion for you.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, see, the thing is, it wasn't, it wasn't, the heavy metal historian wasn't a, a, an a, an aha moment. It wasn't like I was walking down the street one day and ding, I had an idea. It was something that was kind of developing over about two, three years or so. I, I'd taken on the, the the nickname of heavy metal historian on uh, on previous podcasts that I'd been on just as a bit of a joke. But the more I looked at it, the more there, I was realizing that there was less of a focus on where the genre came from and how important a lot of the musical influences were that developed the the genre itself Um, and and the focus being on newer bands and news and controversies in the, in the metal uh, community and so on. Um, So I wanted to move to a different focus and it wasn't something that happened overnight because when I, I did get to a point where I was like, you know, I should do a podcast about this. Then I came up with the problem of, okay, well, how do I present this? Because there's no way in the world I could really present this effectively in in, in a format like this, like in an interview or in the in the social bin format, which was like free-form discussion with very little editing. Um, this this was something that needed quite a bit of production and time behind, and so it really took me, uh, you know, a couple of years to kind of like shape exactly what I was. Hoping to develop. And then by the time I found a format that I was really happy with that I wanted to try, that was when I got the ball rolling on it. And I started a couple of years ago broadcasting heavy metal or podcasting heavy metal historian.
0: Okay. So when you're like gonna getting ready to do an episode, how do you go about like doing the research for that?
1: Well, I usually start with my, ba- my uh, the, the basis of my own knowledge. I usually, um, like many bands, for example, before they record their final tracks, they record what's called a scratch track. They just get together and it's kind of like a demo, a quick recording so that they've got a basis to record on top of or to follow from. And so I do the kind of same thing with my script. I'll, I'll write out a, a bit of an essay that is based upon first and foremost, my own uh, knowledge. And then to flesh it out even more, that's when I start diving into online research. Wikipedia is an outstanding resource for pop culture references, particularly for very well-known metal bands. Um, But there's other sources out there as well, like uh, Encyclopedia Metallum, uh, which has probably one of the most detailed databases on heavy metal bands ever done in history. It's just an. I
0: used them to find new bands back in the day, <laughs> or bands that were new to me.
1: Yeah, it, that's and but that's see that's also part of the deal as well. It's like that was that particular resource was incredibly handy when I was doing uh, one of the new wave on, new wave of British heavy metal episodes, um, because one of the things that I, I knew I was failing to highlight in the New episode was that it was such a huge movement. It was so massive, but now all we think about are bands like Iron Maiden, Diamond Head, and uh, Def Leppard came out of that particular scene, but there was no reference to any of the hundreds of other bands that erupted out of the British scene at the time. And it was a huge underground movement. It was massive. I mean, it was the precursor for a lot of the tape trading movements in the 1980s. And uh, so that, particular site, Encyclopedia Metallum, was an absolutely hugely valuable resource for finding a lot of the underground bands from the new wave of British heavy Metal and to hold that out to listeners and say, look, this was a huge movement and you kind of missed out on a lot um, by just focusing on Iron Maiden and Diamond Head. Here's a lot of the other bands. They didn't quite survive that particular movement, but they had a huge impact on it.
0: Yeah and so what have been some of your favorite episodes to do so far?
1: Oh, I think one of the the most recent one was also the most exhausting which was one of my favorites which was the, the look,
0: Lovecraft one.
1: Yeah, looking at the the influence of Lovecraft and the Cthulhu mythos on heavy metal. It, it was so much more broad than I had expected. I mean you know, I knew that there was a lot of influences from Lovecraft on heavy metal, much in the same way that there's a huge influence on Tolkien on a lot of metal, particularly power metal and folk metal, and even black metal, by the way. Um, but with Cthulhu, what was fascinating to me was um how prolific the amount of music there was that had been influenced by the writings of HP Lovecraft.
0: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: It was I mean it was huge. It was I mean,
0: that episode's two hours long. <laughs>
1: It is the longest episode that that I've done for a heavy metal historian. But the thing is, like, I couldn't split it in two. It just wouldn't have done the the, the episode justice. Um, it wouldn't have really done the author justice in, in any uh, in any case. And I thought it was important to keep it all in one place and highlight how massive that influence was on. It metal and so that was that was fun um i really enjoyed the shock rock episodes that i did in the very early days i'm a huge shock rock fan i mean that's i, I mean my first band that i got into was kiss so i mean alice cooper and gwar and, and slipknot were just natural um bands for me to get into i just love the theatrical side of of that particular subgenre of heavy metal yeah. and they were both very long episodes but they were also very good learning curves for me because um i was still kind of formulating the way i wanted to portray and and, and uh, work the podcast uh and so rather than it being uh like a live discussion it's it's very um thoroughly produced like an audio documentary if you will
0: yeah so speaking of formats like did you ever experiment with like other formats for the show
1: not really mm-hmm. i mean some ideas popped up in, in the early days that um Uh, eventually became a part of the show. Like there's a segment at the end of the episode where we have a look at the most popular uh, tidbits of news uh, in the metal uh, world at that particular time. Uh, And there's also a a segment that I like to do called the prehistoric mosh, which is- I
0: love that.
1: Generally, I try to pick a song that's made before metal, uh, if, if at all possible uh if not it's usually something from the history of the genre that i'm looking at and how it contributes to that there was a you might remember last year or the year before there was a huge deal with ebola in the news and that was a great opportunity for me to take that subject and look at okay has heavy metal looked at this particular subject it's obviously very prevalent in the media right now and if so how have they looked at it and uh how was I gonna do prehistoric mosh for that? Well, the only thing I could find was the TB Blues, which was by uh, an old country singer from way back when. Yet it fit in perfectly with, with the history of, of, of what the story was that I was telling. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, th- there were some little things that were thrown in here and there uh, that, that to try and highlight the um, other aspects of, of the episode, give them a couple of features rather than uh, just di- you know, dynamic content every time. Mm-hmm. But that way the, there's always a, a continuity there. Like we have the prehistoric mosh, we have uh, This Week in Metal News, and then we close out and we have the closing headbanger. Yeah. Quite right a finish up.
0: So um, have you ever thought about doing um, like guests or interviews or anything like that?
1: Uh, well, I've considered interviews and maybe that might be something that I could look at down the line. But at this point, no, I'm kind of happy with the way that the structure of the shows are and... and um, exactly how we look at the topic topics that we do on an episode. Um, and so I, I'm, and it, I'm getting good reactions from people and very good praise and, and, and happy remarks and good feedback from people on, on that in and of itself. So, you know, if it ain't broke.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so cause you have such long episodes, like when you do multiple part episodes, like where do you decide to cut it off? Just talking more about the formatting things. Okay,
1: well, the format you are probably referring to when I look at a subgenre in depth, yeah. what I like to do with a subgenre, is split those episodes into three. So the first one we look at the origins of the of a particular subgenre, where we we only talk about the formation of that particular style at the end of the episode. The whole focus on the episode is looking at um, the the musical sounds that have that went towards developing that particular style, but also elements within society that went into influencing that particular style. Progressive metal as a, as a one example, the origins of progressive music, one of the big aspects that we looked at was the huge influence of philosophy on, on that particular subgenre, because the lyrics go very in depth and they can be very uh, profound. Uh, and sometimes, uh, you know, Annoyingly vague, uh, <laughs> yeah, to the point where you have you really do have to interpret them in a, in a philosophical way, and uh, so that was really important to highlight. That the second portion is what we what I call the rise of that particular subgenre, and that's where we look at the, where it began, the, the height of its success, and then for the future of that particular subgenre, which is the part three, I look at everything that's happened since the year 2000. And then we look at the up-and-coming bands, the bands that are really pushing that subgenre hard on places like Bandcamp and Reverb Nation and other places on, on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's not like I record... I admit
0: I've listened to more of your episodes talking about metal hand, handling a specific subject because those are just fascinating to me. There's so much there.
1: Like, it, it, you, how, it, it, how do you mean? Like how it's covered in a particular subject, like you mean the
0: like the Lovecraft episode?
1: Oh, okay, like literature, how it's covered in in heavy metal. And yeah, uh, actually, we had a lot, I had a lot of really nice remarks about the World War One episode.
0: That one I have not listened to yet, but I will check that out.
1: Yeah, I recorded that, I think it was in the beginning of 2014, so it was like you know, a hundred years since uh, World War One, and it just made sense to go with something. Along those lines, and uh, people found it fascinating because I went through I went through a lot of the history that uh, contributed to the beginnings of, of World War One and why it was such a massive conflict and why it was such a massive had such a massive impact on history um, and and then eventually how that eventually trickled down into influencing music and eventually heavy metal. Um, so yeah, that, those those are a lot of fun to do as well. Um, so I, I try to jump around a little bit so that I'm not always just focusing on subgenres, and I'm not just always focusing on subject specific uh, episodes like the Lovecraft one. Yeah. I try to jump around a little bit so that there's a little bit of uh, variety and diversity there.
0: All right, so I was wondering if you'd be willing to talk about, um, you use a lot of clips from I think documentaries and also selections from songs in your podcast. Yeah. And I just wanted to ask how you navigate that with regards to copyright, because my immediate thought on that would be fair use as far as the commentary and education thing with that.
1: Yes, it is. I strive always uh, when I'm creating a podcast to, you know, it's a very fine line to balance to try and find out where what's the limit of fair use? Like how far do you go before? You're stepping over the line of infringing upon some somebody's copywritten work.
0: Has there ever been? I don't. I don't know how no, it. Speak to this, but has there ever been an issue with that?
1: No, 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 okay. no. And, and and part of the reason is because they're they're used as clips. They're not used as um in full uh, as full songs, with the exception of the closing uh song of the episode, which is usually played in full. And for that selection, I usually try to pick a. if it's a, it's usually better if it's a newer band that have their material out there for free. Mm. Um, and they're usually pretty pleased about uh, being featured on a podcast. And if it's a more well-known band, I will try to pick a variant of the song that's not usually played. Uh, as an example, um, there was a Candlemass song that I did, which was Black Sabbath Um medley that they do and the version that i played on the episode was like a rare live version not the one that is on the album so i try to work with what's out there but and at the same time i make sure that the links in the show notes all go to where people can purchase the albums legally Um, Mm -hmm. you know it's it's never done it's never done maliciously uh you know as far as the full songs are concerned i know
0: that just as someone who wanted to do a music podcast at one point I was um, just wondering what your take on it was.
1: Yeah, it's it's a difficult thing to navigate. Like you mentioned, it, it really is. Okay. And sometimes it does feel like you're walking a bit of a tightrope when you're putting an episode together. Uh-huh. Uh, but when you're using it as part of an ambience for uh, the commentary that's going on or, and it's in um conjunction with the educational factor of, of of the history behind the pop culture aspect of heavy metal uh you can see that it's it's all being used under the fair use guidelines it's, it, there's nothing there that's um you know malicious, maliciously posted in any way or form
0: yeah yeah so um
1: i the think other, the people, other, thing oh, I, yes? other thing i want to mention as well like when you're i do this this podcast um it's a hobby and it, I'm not earning money out of it at all. I'm not. This is all, this is all because I'm a fan and I love heavy metal and it's something I, I really enjoy doing and and um, uh, you know wanted to you know contribute something to the heavy metal community at least. And so I'm not getting paid for this. And if you look at the website with your ad blocker turned off, there's not an ad to be seen at all on the website. I'm not earning a dime. Uh, From this particular podcast at all and you know that that's deliberate because I'd rather um, you know make sure that I'm being very careful with the fair use and um, You know, I think it's important to highlight that I'm not actually making any money out of this
0: So I think a lot of people when they think about the audience for hello, I'm here Okay. Yep. I think a lot of people, when they think about the audience for metal and they think about the audience for podcast, they're not picturing much overlap. So I kind of want to ask like, what kind of response have you gotten to your show?
1: Fantastic. Uh, you know, I get uh, quite, quite a lot of messages on uh, Facebook and uh, via email and people reach out and they have lots of praise for the episodes that they love. And they always have ideas and suggestions for future episodes. Um, so you know the idea that uh, there's a there's very little crossover there uh, between a metal audience and a podcast audience, I, I think that's uh, that's going to be very quickly seen to be a bit of a misnomer, if you will. Yeah. I really I, I think you're going to find that um, there's a lot more overlap there than people would imagine.
0: Well, so, honestly, there's it, podcasts about anything, and you know it's going to have an audience, so.
1: Yeah, that's true, but at the same time, there's also there's also. I mean, technology is is now so per, per, um, you know uh, pervasive in our society that it's no longer we're we're no longer in the era where we well I'm going to go online now. Yeah, we're, no longer, we're always on. We we are always online, and so I think it's only natural that heavy metal fans. Mm-hmm are going to strive to find the websites that are about the subject that they love or the YouTube channels about the subjects that they love and even podcasts. And I'm sure that there'll be other forms of media that they can reach out for as, as uh, time progresses and new media comes out. Um, A lot of people are really diving into the podcast thing now, which is, which is great.
0: Yeah. So, um, have you gotten much criticism on the show and like, what has that been like because i I think this is something I personally worry about and it it's kind of a good thing for me because it always drives me to but st- makes me strive to do like really really well, but at the same time it is something I worry about
1: I think criticism is fine i mean I haven't really had any uh bowling, really no i haven't i haven't really had anything i mean there's been some comments here and there about oh that's not metal but <laughs> I mean, this, the, the, the approach that I've taken to the podcast is, well, you know, let's not be too stringent on the definition of heavy metal. I mean, I'm, I try to be as inclusive as possible. I mean, anybody- I that,
0: but the fact that a genre is taking influence from things outside of itself is a sign of life to me.
1: Oh, I, I agree. Um, and, you know, the the you know, it's always going to be around. I mean, heavy metal is going to be just be prevalent as, as long as we're alive. It's, that's just a fact of fact of life, but you have a group of people out there that that believe that like bands and artists like Marilyn Manson and Lincoln Park are not metal because it doesn't fit within their confined uh, experience and definition of what metal is. But in actual fact, they are. They identify themselves as industrial metal or new metal or whatever the case.
0: And I've heard that bands with female vocalists are, can't be metal for some reason. And I get really defensive of that because a lot of those bands were my gateway drug. So.
1: And some people kind of have that opinion. But I think, if anything, the increase in um, women's involvement in heavy metal is just making it stronger more than anything else.
0: And they definitely don't all sound the same. Like you have kind of the more doomy stuff that's happening now.
1: So, You know, there's a great band out there uh, that I fell in love with. Uh, up-and-coming band they're signing now they're called witch mountain uh with a female uh lead vocalist and and the band is like a very drony kind of doom metal
0: yeah i haven't group. checked them out yet which is odd yeah. for me because i usually make a point
1: oh it's amazing it's an amazing uh mix because you have this lead vocal style that is just not doom metal at all it, it's more of a soul uh, oh that's
0: super cool
1: you know and it just it gels surprisingly well with the music. And, uh, you know, it's very, very impressive that that that's, uh, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so d- trying to be as inclusive as, as, as possible to to pull in as much of the metal styles was one of the goals of the podcast. So I wasn't going to, you know, let my own personal prejudices about um, particular styles of music be excluded just because I felt that they weren't my type of metal, but you know, if they identify as metal, you're pretty sure you know, you're pretty sure they're going to show up at some point in in the podcast.
0: Yeah. So, um, what do you see? Any kind of new directions you might take on the podcast in the future?
1: Well, I don't really have any uh, major inclinations at this point um, oh. that are that are pushing for you know, major changes or
0: again, like you said, if it ain't broke,
1: you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the format and, and, uh, um, people, people are, um, seem to be very happy with it just on the topic of, but let's go back to the criticism thing, because I don't think I really answered that properly with with heavy metal, historian, the only little criticism I received was like, what is metal? And, And that does pop up every now and again, but for the most part, people are really positive about it. Overwhelmingly. So, but on the previous podcast I was involved with, like, um, I, I, you know, Social Blend and there was another podcast I did called Blend Over where part of what we eventually grew into was looking at uh, taking an alternative look at um, new stories and in particular trying to grab things that weren't getting covered enough in American media. And because we would bring up a lot of alternative opinions and thoughts and concepts that were really kind of outside the mainstream uh, norm i, I mean I, I even got death threats from people when i was doing those podcasts because i had a completely different uh, opinion uh, you know from what they had and you just got to ignore nonsense like that you know really and there's, there's you know you're going to get people that'll troll you and stuff like that i think the key thing to deal with criticism is you need to be able to pick and choose which bits of criticism are worth defending and which Just like can
0: it. i learn from this
1: yeah you know uh-
0: if i can't just let it go
1: yeah well there's that aspect to it as well but you know there's also um you know is is this something that's going to really be constructive for the podcast that i'm developing here or is this just someone that's trying to like hurt my feelings because they had a different different opinion than me so you know you're gonna have criticism no matter what you do thankfully i've been very blessed with heavy metal historian because i haven't had very many negative remarks from people at all. People seem to be enjoying it for what it is and you know, that's cool. Uh, I'm sorry, what was the question that you'd moved on to?
0: It was about um, if you had any new directions that you wanted to take the podcast in the future, but.
1: No, it's still gonna be doing the same old same. One of the, one one thing I will say is that I'm very, um, I I keep my ears open for, you know, subjects that people wanna hear eventually. I've got this long list of, you know, suggested episodes and I add to it and I can't promise I'm going to get to them soon, but I will get to them. Oh yeah. So I, you know, if people have ideas, they, they do let me know so that the, the audience interaction there really does, um, help shape the podcast. And so that will definitely shape its future as well.
0: Mm -hmm. And do you have any thoughts on where you see podcasting, like as a medium and as a community going in the future?
1: Well, podcasting is just going to continue to get stronger. And I think what you're going to find is that radio will eventually become a dead medium. Um, it, will, it will go away, I think. Uh, I think uh, there's, there's too much riding on internet connectivity in society now that yeah. we're migrating away from traditional media, radio and TV into something completely different. Everything's streaming now. Uh, and radio stations are really taking the long way around, uh, to get I
0: kind of see a lot of the radio. St- I've worked with radio stations before, mm-hmm. um, and I have seen a lot of like putting a lot of their stuff online, having a social media presence. So I can't say I completely agree with you there, but I mean, it's, I would be lying if I didn't think that was a possibility.
1: Well, where are they, where are they putting their stuff? You know where they're putting it, they're putting it on iTunes as a podcast. And so they're, they're pushing it and they're pushing into that direction anyway. And, and a lot of the producers aren't really noticing that they're even transitioning towards that. Yeah, so It's really interesting to me. But, uh, you know, I think um, podcasting is going to be uh, historically people are going to look back on it and see it as um, the the groundbreaking medium that changed the face of audio entertainment very much in the same way that Netflix did from videos and movies and television as well.
0: All right. Well, um, it's been really great talking to you. Um, So thank you for coming on the show. Likewise. All right. That was Greg Davies of Heavy Metal Historian. I'm Sydney Anderson, and this is Behind the Podcast. Closing track is Heat Haze by Lee Rosevere off of Music for Podcasts 2 by Lee Rosevere from Happy Puppy Records. You can find Heavy Metal Historian on iTunes or on Heavymetal666.com. Special thanks to Greg Davies, of course, and Professor Beth Austin for helping make this completely non-monetized podcast a reality. You can find more of Behind the Podcast on SoundCloud, archive.org, boldlypodcasting.wordpress.com. And if you have a podcast and you'd like to be featured on the show, you can contact me on Twitter at sydney on air or at sydneypodcasting26 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.